still can't believe what happened last night. We actually went on a date. Well, I mean, I hope it was a date, but it seemed like one. It's weird. For the first time in weeks, I'm actually happy. I feel like I could take on the world right now. Oh, and I finally got an answer to my question about Wheeler's age. I'm still kind of perplexed that no one else on the train seems affected by it, though. Maybe I could ask him to swim by the lab and run some tests today. Oh god, that could be so interesting. I love me some good genome sequencing. Right, speaking of the lab, I should go there and see if I can bring back some stuff here. It's not that Scott bothers me, but yeah, he bothers me. Val says he's probably harmless now, since whoever'd hired him won't be paying him, but still. Don't particularly enjoy being alone with edgy, potentially murderous dudes. Anyway, let's go. Morning, Doc. I never finished my PhD, but thanks. Good morning, Scott. How's the leg you underwent major surgery on yesterday doing? It's fine! Hey, I'm recovering still. Can you do that quietly? Some of us are working here. Maybe once I've had breakfast. I think I was in a good mood. If I find out when they're planning on giving you breakfast, will you shut up? Hmm. Let me think about it. Yeah, that seems like a good deal. <coughs> Nora, hello. I need to talk to you. Jesus, man, you don't look too good. Sit down. No, no, I'm alright. <coughs> I'm, I'm sure it's nothing, but could you take a quick look still? Not until you sit down, please. I thought you weren't a doctor. I don't need to be a doctor to recognize when someone's not doing well. Come on, Wheeler. If you insist, but please be quick. I have contacts to meet today. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be doing that. Right, let's see. Cough a little for me. <coughs> okay, that's not good. You have bloodshot eyes as well, and... Before you started doing this, you vaccinated yourself against all the diseases you might encounter, right? The quantum accelerator we're all going through should make us immune to them, so... Oh, Christ. What is it? You need to tell me so I can help. Well, our generator was compromised, so there's really no telling how we could be affected. Yeah, about that. How come your ageing is all over the place and not anybody else's? We well, see, the way it's designed means it needs a biological lock to start up, which... <coughs> which is tied to me, in our case. When it was bypassed... Some of the intricate connections to my own biology must have been severed. Right, that explains it. Scott? What does he have to do with this? I'm just wondering if he'd be affected by you being sick, since he came through after the lock was damaged. You don't feel feverish or sick, do you? Besides the weird phantom leg pain and extreme boredom, I think I'm good. Hmm, let me know if anything changes. Right, I have good news and bad news. The bad news is I'm fairly sure you contracted tuberculosis somewhere in the 1800s. Oh god, am I going to die? No. <laughs> the good news is I studied viruses for years and I know how to make antibiotics. 
How long do you need? Well, depends. What's our next stop? London, 2012. Okay, great. Once I have what I need, it should only take a few hours. As long as you stay in bed today and don't do anything physical, you'll be fine. Val is meeting with one of our more shady contacts, so it might be wise for you to stay here, but I'm sure she'll be able to find what you need if you give her a list. I wasn't planning on coming with her anyway. I don't think you're in any immediate danger, but it'd still be prudent for me to check up on you in time to time. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. I, I don't feel good. Is this the first time you've ever had a serious illness? Yes. Most old illnesses were wiped out by the time I was born. Yeah, I don't even know what tuberculosis is. It signs me it up. Oh my god, you people. You still have the common cold, though, right? Of course we still have the common cold, but that's hardly a problem compared to the designer illnesses. <coughs> I think I really need some rest now. Uh, yeah, of course. Let's get you to bed, come on. There you go. Get some sleep, alright? <coughs> I'll definitely try. Thank God you're here, or I'd be dying of a preventable disease like a fool. <laughs> I'm glad I can be useful for something. Do give Val your list, yes? Don't worry, I will. Is this the first time you've had a day off since this started? I don't have to answer that. I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> alright, old man. I'll be back to check on you in a couple hours. Is this all of it? Yes. How long do you think you'll be gone? A couple hours at the most. Not to brag, but I'm very good at my job. I'm sure you are. Listen, I doubt he'll try anything, but if Scott tries to hurt you again, you take this and you shoot him straight in the head, alright? Uh, I've never even held a gun before. I know, but I don't want to leave you unprotected while I'm gone. Oh, are you worried about me? I'm not, because I know you're probably smarter than anyone here but it never hurts to carry a weapon. Thanks, I guess. Stay safe, alright? Yeah, you too. As promised, I have breakfast. Thanks. I was fucking starving. Do you have to eat with your mouth open? Yes. Gross. How's your leg healing anyway? It's not there anymore, which is a good sign. How has no one brutally murdered you yet? Well, I usually murder them first. Sorry. Too dark? Only a little. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why are you like this? Do you want an alphabetical list or chronological? Chronological, I guess. Well, there was a boy. 
and in the summer of 2075, he turned 18 and had his first boyfriend. Now, here's the thing. His parents weren't around, so our boy had grown up on people's couches and in communal spaces that took him in. So when a tall boy who said nice things and touched him in just the right way came along, he left everything behind to follow him. And it was good. For a few years. They slept in abandoned places and never stayed in a place more than a few months at a time. Something about the tall one outrunning his past. Apparently that was important to him. So they kept moving. Then, one day, our boy convinced him to settle down in a small town slash outpost in the desert. It had been years they'd been running at this point. Surely there was enough distance between them and whatever he was running from by now. And because the tall boy loved him, he said yes. And then what happened? Unless you don't want to talk about it. I mean... It's fine. Anyway, they both got jobs at this diner run by an old couple. Nice folks, really proper. And just like that, before our protagonist knew it, another handful of years had passed. Then, one day, because things always have a way of going to shit before you can even blink, the boy wakes up, and the person he cares most about in the world is gone. Just like that. So he goes outside, right? because that's what you do when you wake up and the guy you've been waking up with for the better part of a decade is gone. Then... There's a car with men wearing very nice suits standing around it, and they're pinning the tall boy against the side of it, talking about repayments and how they took a chance on him by fixing him. And he's thanked them by running away. You want to know the most messed up part of it all? He doesn't even notice our boy is watching doesn't know this is all happening in front of the only person he trusts. So he has no idea he sees it. And when they shoot him in the heart and throw his body in the trunk like it's nothing, then they drive away. And our boy doesn't even run. He just falls down on the concrete and cries until he almost throws up. God. Yeah. You might be thinking, how much worse can this get? (laughs) Well, the answer is a lot because without him, he doesn't know what to do. So he wastes away and eventually loses his job. The small apartment they shared stops feeling like a home too. So he runs in the opposite direction they came from and ends up in a place even worse than where he came from. But he barely registers anything that's happening around him anymore. Barely even blinks when he sees an ad saying, mercenaries wanted. And he hasn't in a long time, but he can shoot guns all right. So he walks into the place with broken neon signs and says, yes, sir. I'm up for one of the most dangerous jobs there are because I don't really care if I live or die. Well, he doesn't say that exactly, but you get it. And the worst part is, not caring about that makes him fucked up good at his job. He takes rest no one else does, goes the extra mile on each job even when most people would just call it a day. The pay's not great, but every time he shoots something he imagines they're one of the bastards in the nice suit. And that makes it okay somehow. Then one day, the scariest person he's ever seen comes to see him. Comes to him personally, not his boss. And ask him to go on what he might think is a suicide mission, but will make him a very, very rich man. If he pulls it off, and so he accepts. And you knew the rest. I'm, I'm so sorry, fuck. Yeah, well, 
nothing I can do to change it now. But you asked, and here's your answer. I'm not going to pretend this makes the fact you almost shot me okay, but it does put things into perspective. Sorry about that. Now that I've gotten to know you a little bit, you're pretty okay. Yeah? What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. You're just nice. And I don't even really deserve your sympathy. But you listened anyway. I guess I just... I mean, don't get me wrong. Val and Wheeler have been lovely to me, but I always sense there's this big thing I'm not in the loop for. And it's fine, because it's their business, but it can be a lot sometimes. You're simple. (laughs) Me? Yeah, I've never met a mercenary before, but I've met plenty of people who are just like you, so I know what to expect. Familiar territory. What's that mean? What am I like? You're a sad dude who uses his edgy exterior to hide the fact he's dead inside. Not rocket science. Okay. You got me there. Told you. Knew what I was talking about. Personal experience? Yeah. Let's just say I... I I used to be like that until a few years ago. Ooh. What happened? Sorry, buddy. Don't unlock my tragic backstory until you get to level 20 friendship. Let's see how it is. For what it's worth, I'm sorry about the whole hostage business. It really wasn't personal. Kind of felt personal, though. I know. I don't expect us to be best friends. It's just, if we're going to share this space, we can at least not be at each other's throats all the time, right? Yeah, I'm still going to keep an eye on you, though, so don't try anything. I wouldn't expect any less. So you really don't know what they're doing here? I thought you worked for them. (laughs) Nope. I ended up here by accident. How do you end up on a time-traveling train by accident? If you're me... You take the wrong train, and suddenly you're a discount Doctor Who companion. So you do have a doctor on board, then? No, it's... uh, never mind. Sometimes I forget everyone here is from a completely different time and doesn't get pop culture references. When were you born, then? You know, it's rude to ask a lady her age. Nah, I'm, I'm fucking with you. 1992. Huh. That's like 65 years before I was even born. And yet, you look about a century older than me. What can I say? I haven't exactly been getting my beauty sleep lately. What do you mean? This is a five-star hotel. Oh yeah, I forgot your bad choices got you in chains. Hey, my bad choices are my own. Right, I'd love to stay and chat about your bad choices, but I have to go check on Wheeler and get myself some food. Yeah, don't let me interrupt your important doctor's assistant schedule. Doctor's companion, but thanks. Okay, I just checked on Wheeler, and he's fine. Well, as fine as you can be with tuberculosis, I guess. Still gonna be a couple hours until Val comes back, and I don't really know what to do with myself in the meantime. But I keep thinking how surprised Scott was to hear that I didn't work for them, and it makes me wonder if he knows something I don't. I tried not to let it bother me, but... I feel like there's something really, really weird going on here, and now I have some alone time, I'm gonna try and find out. Just hope it's nothing too bad. Never been to this part of the train before. It's weird though, there's usually people around, but this area is absolutely deserted. Come to think of it, it looks older than the rest of the train too. 
Maybe it's built before. Are those quarters? Well, whoever sleeps here, they're lucky enough to have a double bed. Maybe I'll find something. Oh my god, this drawer's full of knives. Oh god, this must be Val's room. Right, I'm gonna leave before she comes back to find me in here and uses one of these to murder me. Authorised personnel only. Huh. Looks promising. Obviously. I don't know why I even tried that. Hmm. Ha! No one I always knew so having to break well into my own flat because I forgot my keys would come in handy someday. Now this is what I'm talking about. Delivery's my ass. This is a full-on spy control room. Hmm. I wonder what these names mean. Looks like a schedule, but... Wait a minute, I know that logo. Berkeley Samantha, promoted 12-04-2020. What does Sam have to do with all of this? Pacinelli Nora, Beyond Pharmaceuticals head researcher, found dead 07-10-2026. What the fuck?! is written and produced by Emma Rodigil and licensed under a non-commercial Creative Commons share-alike license. This episode featured Nancy Ashcroft as Nora, Harry Whitaker as Wheeler, Nell Carey as Scott, and Emma Rodigil as Val. To keep up with train times, you can follow us at 1237pod on Twitter or visit 1237pod.com. And if you like what we do, you can support us on Patreon from $1 an episode at patreon.com forward slash 1237pod.